Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 234. Today we're talking about how to live a full and whole life. How do we live the way that God wants us to live? Well, our Bible passages show us today that God provides the way that we should live. And that if we follow his way, it will lead to fullness of life. I remember it as if it were yesterday. I got up out of my seat and went forward. I'd only been a Christian for a few months. The message I responded to was to be fully, wholeheartedly committed to the Lord and to follow him with all my heart, wherever that might take me. Of course, I've had my ups and downs since then and my fair share of failures. All of us are far from perfect. I still do things that I wish I did not do. But I've been determined to try and follow the Lord with all my heart and be fully committed to him. To be fully committed with all your heart means 100% commitment. means seeking to do what the Lord calls you to do. It means rooting out anything that's bad, ruthlessly tearing down the high places and getting rid of the other gods in the midst of life. The Lord is looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The psalmist prays, Give me an undivided heart. The expression, all your heart, appears many times throughout the Bible. For example, you are to do the following things with all your heart. Love the Lord, trust in the Lord, obey the Lord, praise the Lord, work for the Lord. This is how to enjoy life and life in all its fullness. It's a life of love, trust, gratitude, joy and meaningful work. In the passages for today, we see why and how we should live wholeheartedly. From Psalm 102 Turn your ear to me. When I call, Answer me quickly, for my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My days are like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. The brevity of life. The psalmist is aware of how short life is. For my days vanish like smoke. My days like the evening shadow. I wither away like grass. He has this sense that time is running out. Life on this earth is so short. Make the most of every day. The psalmist is suffering. He cries out, Hear my prayer, O Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly. This is a striking example of wholehearted commitment to God, even in the midst of distress. Choose to turn to God. Know that God is eternal and that he can be trusted. Lord, I thank you that while my life is like the evening shadow, you are eternal and I can trust you. I lift my problems before you now. Let my cry for help come to you. New Testament from 1 Corinthians 15 Now, Brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve. After that, 
he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead. But he did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have put hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. The certainty of resurrection. Paul tells us what was at the heart of his preaching and why he followed Jesus so wholeheartedly. The gospel I preached to you which you receive and on which you have taken your stand. This is the gospel whereby you are saved. Hold firmly to it. First, the message. It's a very simple message that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. His death had a great purpose. It was for our sins. The penalty for sin has been paid. The power of sin is broken. And one day, even the presence of sin will be removed. You can be sure of this because of the resurrection. This is the certainty of your hope for the future. Jesus died and was buried. One day you will die and be buried. Jesus was raised from the dead. One day you will also be raised from the dead to full and eternal life. Second, the evidence. The resurrection is a sign in this world of the future God has in store. Paul spoke of the future in light of what God has done. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Faith is not irrational. Faith is grounded on the event of the resurrection. Paul gives some of the evidence for the resurrection. He highlights that Jesus was buried and raised according to the scriptures. Jesus' life, death and resurrection were written about before he was born. He points to Christ's appearances to Peter, to the twelve, to five hundred others, to James, all the apostles, and finally to Paul himself. This is not an exhaustive list of the appearances, but enough to show that it is well attested. He shows that the resurrection is rooted in history, grounded in scripture, and confirmed by experience. Third, the importance. The resurrection really matters. If there is no resurrection, the consequences are dire. The resurrection was the basis of Paul's preaching. Without it, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors, a string of barefaced lies. Since that was what they based their faith on, without the resurrection, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. There would be no hope for the future. 
Those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. In fact, Paul concludes, that without it, Christianity is worse than nothing. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all people. Fourth, the result. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up, the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. Therefore, the resurrection is certain. One day, all those who are in Christ will be raised from the dead. Then death will be destroyed. God's rule is absolutely comprehensive, a perfect ending. Because the resurrection is certain, Paul writes, we endanger ourselves every hour. I die every day. He is 100% wholeheartedly fully committed to the Lord. He even fought wild beasts in Ephesus. He was willing to risk his life because of the certainty of the resurrection. This is the reason why Paul urges us to stop sinning. Satan's tactics often start with unbelief. If he can make you doubt, then next he'll tempt you to sin. In one sense, all sin stems from unbelief. The message of Jesus, his death and resurrection, is good news. It's the gospel. You're to receive it and believe it. You're to take your stand on it. You're to hold it firmly. Like Paul, pass it on to others. Father, thank you that Jesus died for my sins and that you raised him from the dead so that I could be totally forgiven, set free, and one day be raised with Christ. Help me, like Paul, to be wholeheartedly committed to passing this message on as of first importance. Old Testament from 2 Chronicles 16 to 18 At that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram, and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a mighty army with great numbers of chariots and horsemen? Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord. God is always on the alert, constantly on the lookout for people who are totally committed to him. Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said to him that he was in trouble because he had ceased to rely fully on the Lord. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God sees everything you do. He's looking for those whose hearts are fully committed to him. The eyes of the Lord see your heart. Are you living wholeheartedly for him? Asa, who'd done so well for most of his life, in the last years, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. There's nothing wrong with getting help from the medical profession. He's not criticized for seeking help from the physicians. He's criticized for not seeking help from the Lord. His son, Jehoshaphat's heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Again, he started very well. He didn't fool around. He was a seeker and follower of the God of his father and was obedient to him. He was single-minded in following God and he got rid of the local sex and religion shrines. He was tested by the fact that 400 prophets all had a lying spirit. Only Micaiah, son of Imla, had the courage to speak truth to power. The devil is a deceiver. In an age when there is no shortage of voices to hear, we need the discernment of God, not to be fooled by deception, but to listen carefully to those who, like Micaiah, say, As sure as God lives, what God says 
I'll say, Lord, I thank you that your eyes range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to you. Please strengthen me as I recommit myself to serve you wholeheartedly. Pippa adds, In 2 Chronicles 16 verse 7 it says, Because you relied on the king of Aaron and not on the Lord. Even godly leaders can become self-reliant or reliant on the wrong things or the wrong people. However difficult, we need to be open to correction and stay dependent on God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you give me fullness of life. Help me today to love you, to trust in you, to obey you, to praise you, and to work for you. I pray that I would make the most of every day that I have and live my life to the fullness that you provide. In Jesus' name. Amen.